Mm-mm. Too much dick in the throat. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hey guys! Hello! Hello, this is Pop Diaries. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Hi, I'm Zeke And I'm Nikki. I always feel so weird because, like, you have, like, the the extra name and I just say oh I'm Well, you know what? Why don't we? Um, you know what we should do, darling? What should we do? We should do this in the British accent. You think we could do that? I don't think I could sustain that today. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to get drunk. <laughs> so update, guys. We rode the freaking train to Dallas and it was so blissful, you know? For a little well, bit. Well, okay, the train from <laughs> the train from Denton to the Trinity Mill station where you get off and then get on the green line, the dark train. That was very peaceful. It was a fun time. We were the only fun two time. on the train. We made a TikTok. We pictures. Well, we couldn't really figure out TikTok. Oh my god, <laughs> we do make TikTok. Okay, so I'm trying to... Fi- I, I'm going to figure out TikTok. That is the plan. I'm going to figure that shit out. Okay, because we were struggling. We were really struggling. But I think it's back on Apple um, Apple Store, hmm. on the App Store, because today I, update, I updated my TikTok, and it was like, I updated it from the, like, I was searching something up, and it was there. Okay. So, maybe you can download TikTok. Maybe. Um, but yeah, when you get from on the dart, that shit is ghetto. <laughs> we were not in Kansas uh, anymore. We said no, we were not, bro. It spelled like our pee. spirit, <laughs> our spirit, like went so like completely down. I know we were like having a party we... on the other train. Well, we stopped at the at the next platform. We were dancing to music and everything, and this lady was like looking at us, and she got what? so uncomfortable the to the point that she crossed the platform. <laughs> yeah, well, and I was like, dang. Ugh. It was but as soon as we got on that train, we hit, we heard we heard all those um all those people getting on and we smelled that musty pee and we just felt so uncomfortable and we were like And my thing is it was like a not sanitized at It all. really was I remember when we like got to the um to shout out to Jason. Um when we got to his like place, uh hand sanitizer like for days. Like I was just like going forth and hands in the tires there because it was wild mm-hmm. and people so were like we not wearing masks the wilderness or however that stupid song goes um only like two people on the train were wearing masks by the way oh and it, it was us <laughs> <laughs> it was us every time somebody would get on and pass me i would just move overall dramatically like i didn't want them touching me i didn't want nothing <laughs> girl and i was like is it time yet <laughs> oh and it was so funny when we when we got off at our stop and we we had to walk to um jason's it was like what a three or four minute walk and you were like oh my god this is the ghetto <laughs> but we were in like the best <laughs> and part of town nikki was, like, <laughs> nikki was like um yeah i i moved i when i was in london darling you know <laughs> <laughs> and I'm over here like I am a fucking country boy. I don't do this shit at all. But we made it out, and it was we had a fun night. We did. We were very um, inebriated. 
for sure. Bitch, you know we should do a drunk episode one day. We should. Our we our should. queen we, episode. Wait, yes. Oh my god, please. We would be so shady. Yeah. Let's do it. Tequila in Tequila and Queen. What doesn't they don't mix, but we're gonna do it anyway. Right. So for the past week, me and Nikki have been going forth in the book of Mariah. Um, and both of us, the day it came out, we had ordered the audiobook, which also I think that I would not have liked the book as much as if I had to read it myself. Yeah, her reading the book really, like, added some flavor to it. I liked hearing her tell her mm. stories. So, uh, what is this book called? The, the Meaning, Meaning of, of Mariah. Mariah. <laughs> I, I call it the Mariah Carey book. Yeah. I was talking about it for, like, we talked about this for, like, three weeks straight. Yeah, we couldn't wait for it to come out. Yes. And we listened to it together and so now we're gonna we've already dissected this like between ourselves a billion like times. so many times <laughs> so this is gonna be like probably like a little bit watered down than like how we talked about it when we first because Heike we were so um passionate about this we book. lived this book for like two weeks like it, we talked about nothing else we have been listening to nothing but Mariah Carey together Mariah Carey yes. remixes like we have inside jokes relating to the book now it's a whole <laughs> Which we thing we will oh, we will digest it we'll, we'll get into oh, okay so part one um let me pull up the book right now which also, everyone, download Audible. Let me tell you a ghetto-ass trick, right? I wish we had a, one of those think? affiliate codes where we can get, like, damn. a percentage of their money. I can't, well, <laughs> they're not going to want to sponsor us after I tell them this damn story. But if you download Audible, and if you... Okay, you'll have to get a membership. But if you just return a book after you read it every time, you got you free credits. Mm. So... Anybody who likes audiobooks, because I work and I listen to music at the same time, and I just be downloading books out the ass. So, um, yeah. So, part one. If there were a fairy tale that could come close to describing my life, it would be The Three Little Pigs. My childhood was a series of fragile, unstable houses, one after the other where inevitably the big bad wolf, my troubled brother, would huff and puff and blow it all down. I never felt safe. I never was safe. His rage was unpredictable. I never knew when it would come or who or what it would devour. Part one is about her childhood. Yes. Um, Which was garbage. The part one of the book depressed me. It made me really sad for her. Like, it was just very I really, sad. I really didn't mind it. I thought it was sad, but I thought that it gave me, like... I think that the reason why she had to be so, like, sad is because in this book, a lot of, like, a lot of the stuff that she talks about, like, even in the last chapter, like, she had to go through that to, you know, shine, to make it happen uh, yeah as she would say it does it gives um, you context into like why she is the way she is like like why she yeah. likes extravagant things it's like she didn't have anything growing up at all um so i can already tell you that i literally disliked all of her and you know i just liked all of her siblings mm-hmm. but i also feel like this book is so dramatic and like 
I feel like this is just the way the Mariah thinks. I don't think her book is like a hundred percent like just cold hard facts. I see. I disagree because she even said she did an interview and she said she she said she didn't even tell all of what she could have told. Like she she said she tried to go easy on them. So well, it could have been worse. The, That's what she said. The only reason why I say that is because this bitch was really acting like them dark, them babies was darker than her. And they were not. They all looked like ghosts. <laughs> like transparent. Like you could see through their skin. And she was like, yeah. And they were jealous of me because I was the one with the blonde hair. But like... Now Morgan, just... her brother Morgan was a bit darker. Well, yes. yes. But the sister, but... Herman's sister looked very similar. Alike. Yeah. So I didn't understand that. And I just chalked it up to them. I was like, I'm not biracial, so I'm not going to understand none of this. <laughs> I also didn't appreciate that. I, I love biracial people, but also, like, a lot of this book was like, okay, girl, we get it. Like, you're mixed. Yeah. Like, and I guess, like, I guess I'll never understand. Plus, she grew that. up in a different time. I think that's what it was. And that is very true. Like, if it was now um, and she was and she was saying all that stuff, I'd be like, girl, get over it. There's plenty of mixed people walking around. I just, I just didn't want to have to hear about that shit. <laughs> I was ready because it felt like, it felt like it was just, it was said so many times. She did beat us over the head with it. I was like, okay, you established it, but let's continue I'm on. Like, damn. Now, Becky, no, what's her name, Becky? What's the girl, the baby girl's name, yeah, Becky? Yeah, Miss Becky. Also, we are, also, spoiler, we are spoiling the book because, I mean, we are talking about the book. So it's about to be spoiled, but Becky was wrong for that. <laughs> I was like, God, wait, damn. She said, Becky was the one that like that told her like her singing was good, right? I don't think so. Becky is the one that she Becky was scared was of her the dad. One that, yes, oh, that was messed her dad up. Came right out there. to open the door, yeah, and the mom was. just crept away and left. I'm like, girl, her mom was garbage. She was garbage. She was an awful her person. Her mom was kind of trash. And you know what? I looked her up and she looks like a Karen. Yep. You can just tell. You can really tell. Maybe she didn't know I felt dirty. Having one black and one white parent is complicated. But when you're a little girl with a white mother, largely cut off from other black women and girls, it can be excruciatingly lonely. And of course, I had no biracial role models or references. I understand why my mother didn't understand how to manage my hair. When I was a baby, it was, well, baby hair. Mostly uniform, soft curls. She didn't know what was happening. She was confused and randomly started cutting tragic bangs in my hair, believing bangs would behave in biracial hair is brave. And, like, even the fact that, like, Mariah mentioned that, like, oh, she probably just married a black man because she wanted to be rebellious because her mom and her mom's family grew up super racist. And then she married Mariah's dad and had three kids. But she didn't know how to deal with mixed children. She didn't know how to comb Mariah's hair. She didn't... She Oh, my God, yeah. She, like, isolated Mariah and, and only let Mariah be around the white family and stuff. I'm like, girl, you realize your child is half black, right? You realize what you did here. So, Mariah's Carey mama, Patricia Carey, um... I'm not too sure about, like, her background, but in the book, Mariah discusses 
the fact that um, she was a part of the civil rights movement, which I thought was very interesting uh, when she said that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, you know, like you said before, she was marrying her dad out of rebellion because, like, that was, like, the biggest sin that you could do um, in, like, during her time period. Um, Patricia is also an opera singer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's so awkward because... It's not awkward because she's an opera singer, but I thought it was very interesting, the fact that her mom really wasn't going nowhere. See, that, so, that's something that I really wanted to talk about because I was kind of confused on the fact that her mom was supposed to be this amazing opera singer, but, like, they were always poor, and, like, her mom never had, like, a good job. I'm like, what? why didn't her mom just, like... I don't know, like, buckle down and get another job or, like, do both and do her opera And that's what side. I'm saying. Um, I don't know. I just don't. I guess, like... And you know what's crazy is that a part, like, in the book, her mom was, like, not horrible until she was just horrible. Like, when they were younger, it was kind of like, yeah, they were poor, but they also, she also had, like, really good friends. Like, I don't remember, if you remember the gunkles that she had that, um, like, would take pictures of her and, like, they would sing and she would sing around their house. I can't remember their names because that was a while ago now. But um, her mom, during this whole book, like, bothered me because it was, like, you could tell from the beginning that she was just jealous of Mariah. Yep. But also, I cannot fathom being, like jealous of your your daughter or like of your son that shit is wild to me like i'd be happy than a bitch i'd be like oh this baby about to make me some money <laughs> yes sir yeah her mom just struck me as a very salty spiteful jealous person even when like you remember that time in the car where she was like you'll never you'll never be um happy oh yeah me like oh and oof. over rockwell over fucking rockwell i know Ooh, this just popped in my head. When her brother knocked her mom out. Excuse me, what? Yeah, they was fighting. They was, Did I? They was always getting into it. And then... uh, I thought that was her, him and her dad. Oh, no, it was her and her mom. Morgan, her brother, had knocked her mom, pushed her mom against the, car, the wall just because she wouldn't let him borrow her car. So they was getting into oh. it. And then... um. Damn, I missed this one. Yeah, and then he pushed her against the wall. The mom passed out. But Mariah, she was, like, sick. She thought her mom was dead. So she, like, ran to the phone and called her mom's friend. And then mom's friend called the police. And then police showed up, and the cops were like, if this kid makes it, it'll be a miracle or something like that. Damn. That's fucking wild. I said, now, that brother wouldn't have been in my house after that if he knocked me out. Nope. I do. In this book, and or in this chapter, I do like that um, Mariah does kind of talk about like the police injustice that was happening even in her era. Mm-hmm. And it was very interesting to hear because it was like um, her father, um, I'm not sure what his name was. Alfred. Honestly, Roy. her, Alfred, he was not really in the book as much, which is like not a bad thing. I know that he was very strict, very black and white, mm-hmm. like, you have to do this. You have to do this. Music is not going to get you anywhere. The typical black father parent. Yeah. Um, um, damn, I had literally made a whole point and then forgot it. You, you're saying something about her dad and, like, the police. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. Girl, thank you. Because I really, like, 
mind is gone. <laughs> Head gone, empty. No um, but it was very interesting, like, when Morgan and him would fight and the cops would come and she would just kind of talk about, like, how, like, cops really only ever added a scarier element instead of helping. It was, like, a little bit more fear because you didn't know what was going to happen. Um, and I, I found that very interesting. But also, like, it's really nice. And and I don't feel like everybody should, like, be, like, defund the police or whatever. But I guess I wasn't expecting that from her. But, like, she's shown us before that she's felt this way. Because mm-hmm. I remember when the whole Colin Kaepernick thing was happening, white people were losing their fucking minds because they didn't know that Mariah Carey was black. Yeah. And they, yeah. That's something that so, I like, like about her is, like, she from day one from, never was like, oh, she was always like, oh, I'm I'm half black. Like, this is what it is. You know? Yeah. So she's always been, like, somebody that has spoken out, which I really like. And she did that a lot in the book also. Um, and so um, we go into um, she's moving on up. Mm-hmm. I think that she kind of did her demos or whatever. Um, Wait, we didn't even talk she- about... The biggest thing. Oh, <laughs> my God. How the fuck did I forget that? Okay, y'all. Let's get into so this. So, basically, Mariah was talking a lot about <laughs> how, like, when she was a child, the white people in her, you know, predominantly white areas, she was always the only, like, woman of color or kid of color in the area. And so, like, she mentioned several incidents in the book where, like, white kids were, like, really, like, racially abusing her. But this one incident... We, it shouldn't have been funny, but it was funny because of the way that it was read in the audiobook. Zeke, take it away. Okay. So I am in talk. I got high as a motherfucking kite, bitch. It was a stressful day. I got high. I turned on the book, and I'm listening to it in the shower, just trying to like de stress myself. Had a little face mask on or whatever. I'm chilling. And Mariah Carey is telling us a story about how. These girls, like, there was one girl and she had a sister. I I don't remember, like, a lot about the girls. But I remember that they all went on a trip. Um, They had went on a trip during the weekend to, like, from, like, two hours away. It was, like, the Hamptons or something like that. Yeah. And Mariah Carey, like, when she was explaining it, she was just like, this is so beautiful. And the house was all white and all this other stuff. And I'm like, okay, girl, like, you just a broke bitch, but you ain't never, you know, like, when you go to your really witch friend's house and you're like, oh, shit, like, mm-hmm. this is this is the life. Oh, Hold on tight. Like, I thought it was just going to be like that. And so I'm over here washing the shit out of my hair in the shower, hiding a motherfucking bitch. These dumbass white girls built a circle, like, closed the door to the game room, built a circle out around her so i'm thinking okay maybe they're gonna just call her ugly or something yeah no all of a something in a bit or all, beat her and this up is how even. she said it jump her bro big cars and took the two hour long drive alone would be a playroom or a den i knew wealthy people had dens it was a smaller room in the rear of the house a guest room perhaps one of them shut the door with a click and suddenly the mood grew heavy fast I thought maybe they'd snuck in some alcohol or something, but there was no excitement, no naughty, girly energy. Instead, all the girls were glaring at me. 
Suddenly, into the heavy silence, the sister of the prettiest girl spit out her ugly secret for all to hear. You're a My head began to spin when I realized she was referring to me, pointing at me. It was my secret, my shame. I was frozen. The others quickly joined in. You're a They all shrieked. All together, in unison, they chanted, You're a over and over. I thought it would never end. And it just went on for like, what, two minutes or so? It went on for like two minutes. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Shit had me fucking dead. It was like, just I so was... funny. I had to pause the book. I had to pause the book. <laughs> I'm glad that I wasn't the only one that thought that shit was funny, though. Because... And we... You know, we have been... <laughs> We're really raggedy. <laughs> We're so raggedy. <laughs> We're so raggedy. I'm probably gonna... I'm gonna put the Arthur video <laughs> in between. <laughs> uh, oh so, um, uh, so basically, these devious people brought her out of her whole element because not even it's not even like she could just go home this yeah. bitch had to sit there and wait until they went back home that's so like honestly that's so like traumatic yeah. and you know what i thought was interesting she said she didn't tell her mom or her dad i feel like she was very yeah. isolated and lonely during her childhood like like she didn't have any adults to go to to like protect her or like you know help her out and she had she had siblings but they were like they hated yeah, her. Yeah, they was doing their own dirt down the street. Uh, um, literally for Allison because... <laughs> Allison was a whole... Okay, and you know what's fucked up? <laughs> she said she was having a baby shower, but the girl was moving away. And it was a party for a different events. It was like five different events, and I got confused. So you know what I promised myself as a little girl? That I will never be promiscuous. She shaded... <laughs> She like my shady. sister. Bro. Now, okay, so in the book, she's very shady. Very shady. But also, I feel like it's just years of resentment. Yeah. You know, like, that's the nicest thing she probably could say about them at that point. Mm-hmm. And I lived for it because it was, it just, was, it was very, very juicy. Very School. I'd recently graduated out of the Long Island music scene. My brother, who was also trying to make a name for himself in the music industry as a manager or a producer, I'm not sure what. We um, also, before we get to the next part, another part that kind of stuck out to me is um, whenever the little boy did her hair for the first time on the beach. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really that was sweet. Very, that was a very heartwarming moment, for sure. Yeah. Um, but then we get into Sing Sing. The Tommy era. Um, Jesus Christ. The Tommy era was like, is like the next three parts. Wait, before we, before we so really you know. get into the, the nitty gritty of that, I want to mention how you know, it was like this in-between era between when she was like living in the shack with her mom and then she moved out and got the roommate and was sleeping on the floor and all that and was working and just hustling and trying to get herself out there and she was like yeah. she was like 19 or 20 and that that just really honestly reminded me like of course my life is nothing like that but it, it's like the similar like time period of like you're in your early 20s and you're like trying to like grind and like figure out what you're gonna do and when she was struggling and everything 
And I was just like, you know what? Hey, maybe my life can end up, you know, not being Mariah Carey, of course, but, you know. Mary, Mariah Carey, dog. Having, you know, some good things come out of like, the, the struggle. So that, honestly, that was really helpful to me personally to hear, like, what she had to go through. The first decision of every day was whether I was going to get a bagel from H&H or buy a Subway token. I was surviving on a dollar a day and something had to give. It was either breakfast or transportation. I found a job right away. I didn't have a choice. So I did what every other broke streamer does when they get to New York City. I grabbed the free newspaper of real New Yorkers, The Village Voice, and checked out the job ads. I took what I could get, and what I got was work at a sports bar on 77th and Broadway, cleverly named Sports on Broadway. Especially whenever she was talking about Make It Happen, and she was like, like, those are the shit that I fucking, like, that's the shit that I went through yeah. here now. I was like, I thought that and, was just song lyrics, but she really was. Yeah. I thought that was really sweet. I, I really also like that in the book, she has ex- excerpts of songs. I loved it. And she explains, like, with Make It Happen, she was telling a story about how she was working at this sports bar. She only had two pairs of shoes. And her trifling mama wouldn't buy her another pair. Exactly. And she was just like, you know, whatever. And, like, she was just going lyric by lyric, and then she would sing the song. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's... <sighs> That's so inspiring. Mm-hmm. Like, so inspiring. And um, so then um, she goes to, she's passing out these demos, and she ends up going to a party, and all these girls are so excited because the Tony, the man, is at the party. Mm-hmm. And she was not giving a fuck about none of that shit. <laughs> she wasn't. And um, he caught her, or she caught his eye, and... They met, he listened to the demo, and then he wanted her. Yep. And I thought that was very interesting, because that was, like, fate, like a bitch. It it honestly, like, that period of of time within the book and in her life reminds me of A Star is Born. Like, I feel like that's literally her life. Aw, Mariah. I feel like Mariah Carey's life is A Star is Born. But even wilder. She's so cute. Even wilder. Yeah. And more urban, as she would like to call it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we get to know this mansion that she's talking about. Even envisioning that shit, like that was so wild to me. So after she married Tony, they they built a mansion together mm-hmm. that was like, what? Well, how much she say it was? Like I don't even know. I want to say she said seventeen million. It, it was it was big. It was big money for sure. I don't know. And yeah, it was seventeen. I'm gonna guesstimate because i'm almost certain she said 17 but i'm not too sure the 17 million dollar mansion it had a studio in it it had pools in it it had um they had like a whole garage of like a whole bunch of cars um so she was really just like living it up yeah um and in this chapter she also talked about making a mansion for her mom Mm -hmm. which i thought that very couldn't have been me i'm sorry I wouldn't have did that. You know what? I, yeah, I feel like if my mom was that bad to me, I probably wouldn't either. But she did. Um, a huge mansion. She, like, spent time to decorate it. And, um, you know, 
did all that. I'm trying to think. Um, and she slowly damn. was like, she was talking about how slowly, um, what's his name, Tommy started be- to become really controlling and all that. Oh, yeah. And she called, she called Sing Sing, which is the mansion. She said that that was her personal prison. Mm-hmm. Once upon a time, I lived in a very big house named Storybook Manor. And in it were big diamonds and big closets full of the most spectacular gowns and bejeweled slippers. But also within its walls was an inescapable emptiness, bigger than everything else inside that almost swallowed me whole. This was no place for Cinderella. And that was wild. She talked about the time that she, what did she record it? She recorded with the brat uh, for Always Be My Baby, the remix. Mm-hmm. And um, and they were friends, and like they, they had wanted to go to Burger King, and Tommy freaked out because which, they were. First left. of all, girl, why are you going to Burger King that's, for fries? That's what made me like. like Why didn't you want to go to McDonald's for fries? <laughs> mm-hmm. And I know they had McDonald's because they had Burger King. Yep. And plus, I was Trash. like, wait, why is Mariah Carey and the brat trying to go to Burger King? Like. <laughs> And why can't they? That shit is wild to me. <laughs> that nigga really was like, oh, hell no. Not some fries. I know. Like, dang, what's she supposed to do? Have somebody come and cook them at the house? Basically, then that she had a chef mm. at that time, I think. So she could have. My thing is, like, I don't understand why. Like, he was, like, just possessive and, like, everything but i'm like what's the point of that like she clearly is like about to get married to you like let her go do something let her get some fries <laughs> let her eat let her eat some fries um and then she meets well honestly does she meet Derek jader at this time i think no, so that was later this this period was like before they had even gotten married really her and tommy Oh. Yeah, because she was with Tommy for like three years before they got married. Well, damn. So they made a house together before they were married? Yep. Huh. That's interesting. I guess, and like, Mariah, I kind of. She was just, just like, oh, I just went along with it because, like, I never had none. So I'm, I'm going to get this house. <laughs> well, and you know what? Fucking bitch. I would tell do the me. same. <laughs> Hell yeah. But to your point, the timeline is confusing a lot because, like, she goes in order, but then she, like, includes things from the past or the future. From the So it's confusing. Yeah. It's very confusing. Because I, I guess I thought that they got married and then they, um, and then they moved in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm trying to think. She was kind of, like, the top selling, like, person at the time. Um, and... I think that they could already tell that they were having troubles in their relationship and she kind of talked about therapy mm-hmm. and going with him and like they were all his people like yeah. he couldn't he wouldn't let her act he wouldn't let her do nothing if, and if she did do something they had to be with his people which is so um, weird and awkward and just oof very weird um so fucking weird um but then um they kind of realize that it's not going to be happening for a little bit. And so they decide to kind of 
go on a break. Mm-hmm. So, like, they would be pretend because, like, it was easy back then to act like y'all were together. Yep. Um, so they would act like they were together for publicity's sake, and then she would be on her merry way. To Jerry Jeter. Um, <laughs> yes, and so she went to this party. She came alive in that chapter. She was like, I've been so miserable. I think that it was very interesting, and I have a greater appreciation for Butterfly, which is her album, mm-hmm. because of Derek Jeter. Yeah. That album is all about Derek Jeter, and the fact that she had the audacity to play that whole album for Tommy. I know. And he said, I'm glad you're inspired. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was funny as hell, but I don't understand. I guess, like... For me, there would be no way that I would be dating someone and then you're also still, like, over my whole career. That shit sounds wild to me. Yeah. Like, I, I don't understand that. <laughs> after Butterfly, and I think she said Rain- Rainbow's after Butterfly, yeah, right? Yeah, Rainbow's after <sighs> Butterfly. That's when she was, like, divorced for sure. Oh, that story about how, like, she got her divorce papers. She went to, like, the Dominican Republic or something, got the divorce papers, and immediately went to Derek Jeter's house. I said, okay. <laughs> Let, let's talk about how she high-key kind of was, like, a whore, but, like, a good whore. But, <laughs> like, she did not give a fuck at this book. She's like, yeah, I was married, and I was still getting some Derek Jeter. And she said, and what about which, it? Oh, she said she wasn't, she said she wasn't fucking him yeah. until afterwards, which I do believe. Because mm-hmm. if she was, she would just say it. <clears throat> but also, like, Yeah. Cause she was very proud. Of she was very proud of that relationship. Mm-hmm. That was like a couple. She of She talked more about him than she talked about <clears throat> Nick Cannon, and she was married to Nick Cannon. Exactly with kids. <laughs> she talked about Nick Cannon for like five minutes. Five minutes, bro. <laughs> um, and so then um, after Rainbow, um, she is divorced from Tony, mm-hmm. and she's just having a good time and. She did something that she's always wanted, which was acting yep. and also doing a movie. Um, oh, girl, did you hear that? I did. <clears throat> too much dick in the throat. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Girl, not even. I mean, anyway, so um, they, she talks about glitter and how she was so excited to do glitter and the mm-hmm. promotional things for it. And then there was the sabotage. I had written the lyrics to Loverboy. The melody was tight and it had an infectious groove. Super producer Clark Kent and I had chosen Firecracker by Yellow Magic Orchestra as the sample. And the few insiders working on the film's production were really loving it. That did not go unnoticed by Sony executives and spies. I had chosen the song and paid to have it used in the movie. After hearing my new song, using the same sample I used, Sony rushed to make a single for another female entertainer on their label, whom I don't know. And then she talks about Jennifer Lopez in the song. I was very interested on how she was going to discuss this era. She did it in a perfectly, Um, like, Mariah Shady way. way. Oh, yeah, because she was like, I don't... She said another another female entertainer. (laughs) Someone I still don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh... (laughs) But you know what? After reading this book gave me a new perspective on that I don't know her situation. Because when when Mariah says I don't know her, I think she like quite literally means I don't know her. <laughs> like, 
she don't know her like and so that adds to the like why are you doing this to me and we don't know each other mm-hmm. because that just means you're shady from the beginning mm-hmm. you ain't even which Jennifer Lopez ugh, girl gone somewhere I'm not a big fan of Jennifer I was never really a big fan of Jennifer Lopez to begin with though she has some bops so, but I I like her movies her movies are cute her her romantic comedies okay Monster in Law is that bitch yep. bro that movie's funny as hell mm-hmm. But her performing, girl, no. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Oh, my God. I'm going to put in the podcast. There is a video of her singing Barbara Streisand. I know it ain't. Oh, my God. It is so bad. I don't waste dream. No. Whoa. I'm sorry. Sorry, everybody. I'm sorry, everybody. That hurt me, too. I don't waste dream that fine. Sorry, <laughs> that sounded so fucking crazy. We, ugh. I remember there was this anyway. controversy because they had picked J Lo to do like some type of Motown tribute for the Grammys. Oh I'm like, but she can't my even god, sing. I do remember that. Not only that, you are not black girl. I know. <sighs> mm. huh. Oh, you know she said she said the N word on um the I'm Real remix. She did. She did. Ooh. And Ja Rule defended what? her. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't... Uh, and a few years ago, she said, all lives matter. <gasps> okay, well, fuck Jennifer Lopez <laughs> um, and her non-singing ass. I do. I did like when she fell on that loop. She had a song called Louboutin or whatever. Oh, I don't know that. And she fell on the stage. That shit was kind of funny. Um, but um, she kind of talked the drama about um, the... Um, Loverboy song and the sample that she cleared, which I actually like the new, like, I like the candy sample yeah. more than I like the original. The sounds album. very hectic and like childish, yeah. But hey, so like Mariah Wall, I kind of <laughs> so bad, she's still pissed about it, and I would be <laughs> so too. Pissed. Like, for, for those that don't know, Mariah cleared the sample for this song to go for her single lover boy which was supposed to jump off the whole glitter era which was her big movie that she had been wanting so long to come out and then tommy heard heard about the fact that he got that that she had gotten that sample cleared and then he gave it to j-lo for the song i'm real and basically ruined the whole rollout and made mariah scramble and find another sample which was candy by cameo and use that for the lover boy that is out for the world now so yeah just and he actually did that crazy. to her a couple times he did that to her with another song as well but i forget which one it was Wait, what? yeah he was like sabotaging her well that's fucking crazy i just don't understand like why are you upset mm-hmm. i mean i understand but also y'all both like i guess like when y'all both understand that it's over Oh, because we didn't even talk about how he pulled the knife on her. <gasps> oh, we I didn't. Just thought about we didn't that. talk about that. Let's talk about it now. I don't remember all of it. I know that he pulled the knife out of her in front of, like, her security. And several and, like, other people. I forgot yeah, what it was for. That, like, where they It was were because at. he was about to leave. Uh, it was at the house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember now. I remember. And she was like, I'm about to leave. Or, like... I don't even think it was, I'm about to leave, actually. Because I think that that was the decision. That was the thing that made her be like, okay, it's time Yeah, that's what made her realize that she needed to leave him. But I don't remember what 
I can't. What the hell? And she did talk about. I know it was something small. How she was embarrassed because like he did that in front of those other people and those people didn't do anything. Yeah. And she wrote about that in the song actually. Like I I was going back through Rainbow that era and she has a song Mm. called Petals and she mentions it. She was like, she basically was like talking about like a knife and like how people like laughed and didn't do anything and i was like oh so that was a true story yep that's why i didn't realize before this book like also for anybody that doesn't know mariah writes her own songs yes always has always will yep writes her co-writes um the thing that i thought when i thought about glitter i i remember saying that i'm gonna say this glitter is literally chromatica let me tell you why glitter is chromatica. And you know, I'm a, a fucking, I'm an annoying ass stan. <laughs> but when chromatica came out, even though like it was worth, like it's a great album, um, but everything in the world that was kind of like crumbling down at the time, that's kind of what happened to glitter. So when glitter came out, literally like the day before or either the day after 9 11 happened. Mm-hmm. So like nobody was checking for that movie because they were just like, nope like we have to do this we have to do that they weren't focused on that and i feel like that's why people gave her such a hard time because it was her lowest like her lowest count or like her lowest charting thing that she had ever did but also like look at the circumstances like nobody was checking for that shit but also i agree with what you're saying but also the movie wasn't good (laughs) i've seen i haven't seen the complete movie but i've seen clips of it and it's the acting is so bad, but also she talks oh, yes. about that in the book, how they kept watering down the script, and they kept changing, like, the actors and stuff, like, how she wanted Terrence Howard to play the main role, Ooh, and she wanted, and she wanted, you know, she wanted to be more, like, real and raw and gritty, and they kept making it, like, G-rated stuff, so I feel like she just, like, that era was against her from the beginning. Well, yeah. Um, also, fuck Carson Daly, mm-hmm. because... I I guess like I never really understood why everyone thought that was a breakdown. Me she either. did not strip on what was it? TRL. TRL. TRL yeah. yeah. She was not stripping. She had booty shorts on and a tank top on. So I made my own move. Admittedly, it was too late and a bit messy, but it was some kind of action. I concocted a last minute little publicity stunt to garner excitement for Loverboy. I staged a crash of TRL on MTV. In keeping with the vibe of the video and the audience, I thought it would be festive to have a little nostalgic summer moment. Running on pure panic and excitement, I showed up on set with a spunky ponytail, pushing an ice cream cart full of popsicles, and wearing an oversized airbrush Loverboy t-shirt with a surprise underneath, an 80s glitter look. It was an innocent and silly stunt and highly unrehearsed. I very much freestyled my dialogue, as I tend to do, and I was hoping Carson Daly could play off me, riff and involve the audience, as one would expect a host to do. But he didn't play along. I know he was probably told to act surprised, but he didn't act at all. I realized I was living in the moment all by myself, so I thought, okay, let me pull out a little costume trick to get the energy going. I awkwardly removed the t-shirt to reveal gold sparkly hot pants and a Supergirl tank top. But also, it what she was saying makes complete sense. Like, there's no way that he could have been surprised. Yeah, like, there's no way she could have went on that set without people knowing. Like, she was booked to be there. 
And why did anybody defend her? The majority of the women, like, in the industry, for the most part, they always have an era that people just, like, stop believing in them. And, and then, like, like it's down. just easier. Exactly. And it's unfortunate. Um, it's unfortunate because I could tell that that weighed on her, like, very heavily. Because even through the next chapters, like, she was just saying, like, it was hard because she was switching labels. And she's like, with Charm Bracelet, she's like, well... That wasn't gonna be like commercial. Yeah, like, it just wasn't because it was live instrumentation, and they picked the wrong singles or like things like that. And it's like, well, she was just like a, in a different way in her career. Like she wants to try something new, which you know, kudos to her for being a true artist. You know. But, also during that era, charm bracelet, charm bracelet era, her dad died, and whenever she was like talking about that and describing it, it was just so sad. But I'm glad that they found, like, peace with each other in their relationship before he died. Mm -hmm. And I thought that it was really sweet that he had, like, a shrine Mm -hmm. to her. I thought that was really cute. Mm -hmm. He was like, like, I'm really proud of you. And I think that that's literally all people want. Yep. Um, Yep. That was all she wanted to hear. She never got it from her mom. She calls her mom by her first name. Oh yeah. Mhm. And she calls um, she calls Morgan and Allison ex brother and ex sister, which is <laughs> I think hilarious. That's so weird. <laughs> so weird. Um, and then we get into is this part five? I think this is um, part five, which is oh no, this is part four. Part four. Oh, this is the last part. So part four is an uh, emancipation. Then she gets um, back on which top. Is like, yeah, hit after hit, hit after hit after hit. Uh huh. And that album is absolutely delicious. Mm-hmm. Like great. Um, but the only issue that I really have with this part, and I know that you have like a lot of feelings, is it's so short. Like it's the last one, yes. and we're just on emancipation of Mimi. It's, ugh. it's because I'm. I like that she spent so much time talking about the beginning of her life which people don't know as much about. And I guess it makes sense because the farther back you go in her life, the less people know. And the more recently, the more we know. Because, like, internet and, like, stuff like that. So I understand that. But also, like, for a book, for for the journey of a book, it shouldn't have came to such an abrupt close to where she's talking about her second husband within the last, like, ten minutes of the book. <laughs> like... Yeah. Yeah, it was... It was pre- it was pretty like I mean like I understand like the rise and the fall or and the rise again of Mariah, but um, it just it just was really weird. I did like that she talked about the process behind emancipation mm-hmm. um, and going to um, like she was not in the U.S. I can't remember where she was, but working with um, Pharrell and Jermaine Dupri. Um, and uh, what was his name? What's that nigga's name that liked Lady Gaga? Fuck. Uh, um, what is that nigga's name? Why do I not know his name? The black guy. He's bald. Danger? You said what? I don't know. Damn, he's a music exec. I don't know why I cannot think of his name L. A. right Reed? now. L.A. Reed. <laughs> yeah. I was like, damn. Why can I not think of him? I literally could see him in like, this little blue suit. Um, but they had all kind of worked together on that album and I thought that that was really interesting Um, but 
the book, I mean, the book literally does go to a swift, <laughs> abrupt end. So it's like, it was just like, there was so much. Like, I wish that she would have talked about, like, of the American Idol thing. Me too. Me too. Um, that's what I was looking for. Um, but, you know, we you win some, you lose some. Yeah. And overall, the book was very delicious. It was very juicy. It was very shady. And I loved it. Like, I probably am going to read it again. That's, like, my mission is to read it. But also listen to how the music in chronological order. I literally hate allergies. Mm-hmm. It was. It had a so. perfect mix of everything. It was like emotional, funny, like informative. Mm-hmm. It was very good, and you could tell like Mariah. Like, you know how sometimes when celebrities write books, they have somebody ghost write it for them, and they just put their name mm-hmm. on it. You could tell that she did co-write this book with someone else. Yeah, like it's and, her voice. And, and, and that's why I love the audiobook because it's not even really a book. It's more of a conversation. Like, she's like, let's sit down, let's have tea, and let's just talk about shit. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. Like, I, I would give this an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. I agree. Um, I really want them to do a Mariah Carey biopic. Me t- Who do you think should play her? Because the only famous biracial actress I can think of is Zendaya. I, you know what? I would let. I don't think. I don't think that she'd be able to sing, like her. Oh, obviously. she would definitely have to lip sync to Mariah's music. Nobody could sing like Mariah. But I think that girl from Star. Oh, yeah, I could. I could see that. Because they have the same hair. But she's she, white. She's white? Yes, I thought she was white. mixed. She's, I promise on my life she's Okay, white. well, we came... Well, <laughs> That's why I feel uncomfortable watching Star, because I'm like, this is a white woman. <laughs> I did not know that. I thought she was mixed. I'm pretty sure we could find a very talented mixed girl in the crowd. If you're mixed, um, if you're mixed or biracial, and you're listening to the Pop Diaries co- um, podcast, email us at popdiaries at gmail. For auditions. Um, <laughs> we would love to sit down with you and talk about the part. Um, I am directing the Mariah Carey biopic. Oh, really? So, that must be a good no. paying gig. Girl, hell no. <laughs> I'll be like, Mariah, can I? Uh, no. She'll probably let Lee Daniels do it or oh, something. Lord. You know, they're friends. That'd be That's so gonna ghetto. That's going to be a ghetto mess. I feel like those that girl from Star Mike could do it if it ever happened because I know that Lee Daniels would be a part of it, and that's an easy pick for him. Jesse Smollett can play uh, Tommy. <laughs> no. <laughs> Whatever happened to him? He kind of faded into the sunset. Yeah, because he got caught lying. Didn't he go to jail? No. I just don't know why he had to lie about he that. He should have went to jail, because that's the most random, bizarre thing to just make up. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and then we had to go to work and hear these white people talking about that shit all goddamn day. Ain't nobody wanted to hear all that. I never forget <laughs> when I walked into that goddamn... When I walked into the work that day, and people were talking about it, and then it just made us look bad. I know. He owes us reparations. He probably he, ran out of money. He told me. He could come on and reparate me. Mm, Fire ass. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, 
Um, that on was that our, our, our summary of the meaning of Mariah, darling. It was very good, and I am officially a lamb. Me too, me too. So, um, but that is going to be all, everyone. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, thank you for listening. She's gonna say something. Oh, see what had happened was I, <laughs> I was like, dang them. She said, okay, was, so my Instagram is. <laughs> I was thinking she's about like, I was thinking about that Instagram post Instagram post she did with like the, the chairs and the AG. Oh yeah. And my brain was moving really faster d- than my mouth was and you were talking and I was just like thinking and it didn't end up happening that way. <laughs> So for context, Mariah Carey posted she's about to do all all I want for Christmas special, which milk that shit as much as you can, boo. I live for it, and um, I think that we are guessing that Ariana Grande and Jennifer Hudson is going to be on there. Which I am not. I'm not a fan of Jennifer Hudson being on. She song, screams. I think with Mariah Carey, yeah, she's like, yeah. Her and Demi just scream like, oh my god. And you see, this is why I feel like they would make a, a really good album together. Oh, Lord. I had to put my earplugs in when I listen to that. Even though she did do a... <laughs> That's how she was singing that song. I was like, God damn. <laughs> yeah, in the sky. Well, where can we find you? You can find me in your heart. Girl, <laughs> just a little bit of your heart. Just a little bit of your heart. I'm just kidding. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Pop Diaries Pod. Follow us, or else. Yes, bitch. We'll show up outside your door. Will we? Yes. Uh, that sounds like a lot of driving. I ain't doing all that shit. You can ride the train. <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> that! I'm never riding the train again. <laughs> And then I'm on Instagram at Nikki Jobo. Follow me there. If you're a hot man that's also heterosexual, mm. please hit me up because I'm lonely. Yes. Yes, sir. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Zeke Forever. Um, and also Snapchat. I don't know why you would snap me. I don't know who snaps anymore. Um, and my Twitter is Z-E-E-K-U-X-X-X. No, not I'm a not porn a porn star. star. I kind of fucked this whole saying up, but it's whatever. Um, and my new single, Habit, is out. I'm really excited about it. So if you want to support a black man, you know, just stream. It's only three minutes. It won't kill you, I promise. And watch the video. And, uh, it's very good. Ooh, and watch the video. I'm actually really proud. Okay, so, like, really proud of the music video. We're, like, 340 views, which is, like, not a lot. But, like, to me it is because, like... This is my, like, second music video, basically, and, like, I, it's, it's been, like, only a month since we put it out, so thank you guys for watching, you're fucking awesome, um, and, yeah, yeah! We'll catch you later! Catch you later, alligator! <laughs> oh, bye. bye! I love your nails, by the way! Bye! bye.